Welcome to the Illuminati Podcast. So, uh, Seth Fondador, Cedric Padilla, we are live, and uh, this is the first podcast of the Coach Jeff Scott era at the University of South Florida. Um, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I think they found, they knew who they wanted, they got them, they did it under cloak, nothing leaked, nothing came out, no craziness, no insanity, they got their man. The process was good. We'll see what the outcome is. But considering, I, I don't think USF could have done a better job in this search. Your thoughts? Agree. Agree. Uh, Michael Kelly and Associates, like batting one for one. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was going to be a swing and miss on the two Clemson guys uh, initially. So I thought landing... Either one of them, and then Scott with his uh, with his dad's ties to the school, and um, being the son of a coach, uh, so he's kind of been around it his whole life, and just kind of getting more info on his background. I think it was uh, probably a home run hire, especially in the limited amount of time they were able to make the hire, which is important with uh, early signing day coming up soon. So this is normally the spot where in all of this we go. You know, USF could have done this, could have done that, X Y Z, messed up here, messed up there. I think this was flawless. I think they ex- they knew who they wanted. They got them. Um, the contract is reasonable, as far as we know. The contract that's public, there is. We're going to figure out what the deal is with the uh, secondary contract with the foundation again. Apparently, some of that is because of restrictions on uh, guarantees by the state of Florida, and so that's apparently why this exists. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll try and continue to find the details on, on what the downside guarantee would be. But man, I don't think you can ask for anything to, to go better and props to MK. We put two guys at the top of our odds board. They were Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott. We said maybe lean Tony Elliott just because of a couple of the players that he brought in specifically from Tampa. Um, but those were the reach candidates and those are the ones we were hoping for. And that's who they ended up getting. I said on the, the last podcast that we did, I'm not sure if we can get these Clemson guys. Our facilities aren't so great, blah, 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 blah. Nah, they got them. And Dabo vouches for this job publicly. Um, and apparently Jeff has been in the mix for other head coaching positions before. Dabo didn't necessarily bless those, and he blessed this. This is huge. I, I don't, I can't imagine how this is going better. And in fact, I'm a USF fan. I'm looking for a reason to be negative, and I can't even find one. <laughs> And that's amazing. So um, I'm just blown away that it looks like we didn't screw this up. And um, and I guess that's a new USF. You know, when, when Michael Kelly got hired 16 months ago, we said we thought things were going to turn around and get better. I think this is the most obvious example of having someone who is well-networked, competent, qualified, and bought into this university being in charge. Um, that's how you end up with this guy and could not be more excited. seems like the players are on board. KJ sales was thinking about declaring for the draft. Good idea. Coming back to KJ. He's on Twitter saying I'm all bought in for next year. Um, seems like the kids really like this guy. Oh man, this could not have gone better. I'm not saying we're going to a bowl. I'm not even saying we're going to a bowling game next year. I'm not saying we're playing for a conference championship next year. But it seems like the program's going to go on an upward trajectory pretty quick if everything seems to fall into place. Yeah, and the, I think 
you know, when we were talking during the season about whether or not a, a change would be made of the position, and I said that I thought the best chance to be good next year was to not make a change, it was anticipating that the turnaround would not be so quick and that you may miss on some of these top guys. Uh, the fact that you had such a quick turnaround and that you hit on your number one choice, which I don't doubt them when they say that because he is so highly qualified, um, just like you said, speaks to a really good process. And, you know, it was, it was, I didn't, I kind of anticipated it taking longer. And that's one of the reasons I was kind of like, I don't know if the change is going to help, but it seems like there is definitely a, uh, renewed sense of, of vigor in the program and surrounding the program. So it seems like uh, it was a correct move for sure, looking back on it. USF, baby. Look at us. We did it right. Woohoo! Get excited, so, Bulls fans! <laughs> I streamed the press conference all the way from here in Seattle, and I watched it after the fact. And I don't know the last time where me as a fan – was so excited over a freaking press conference. Like everyone talked and everyone is super excited. Like it was, I was fully expecting us to mess something up. Granted, we couldn't, <laughs> we, 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 we couldn't, we couldn't avoid the mic in the press conference or the question and answer part, but Dr. Carl hit it, MK hit it, and Jeff Scott hit it. Man, I was ready to open up my checkbook and donate right then and there if someone just came calling. So let me tack something else on here. Um, quite frankly, we have some people behind the scenes have said some things about Dr. Curl. Like, oh, are we sure this guy's bought in? Are we sure this guy cares about athletics, X, Y, Z? He hit every note perfectly. And he said, this is, you know, athletics is part of building a campus culture. Now, he's going to have to be accountable for that with, you know, things in the future and, and making our campus much more student undergraduate student friendly and getting people to bought in, not just to athletics, but being a part of the university as a whole, we can judge him on that later. He just got here, but he hit all the right notes signed off on this hire. I don't know what kind of financial behind the scenes. I've heard some things, but I don't know anything that I could like guarantee and report about how the money got found to make this happen. Seems like my demands bought in and did a great job here. So that's a really encouraging sign when you've got an athletic director. Um, and by the way, everybody getting up at that podium, talking to Michael Kelly, like uh, he's Don Corleone, was pretty awesome. Um, you know, that it is exactly what you want. You want your president. You want your your new coach. Um, you know, everyone, media, just all saying this guy crushed it. And that's what I was thinking Michael Kelly was going to be when he got here. So far, so good. Still got to win the games. Still got to, like, turn this athletic department around. Got to get the indoor practice facility built. Tons of challenges ahead, but you can only judge them on uh, on what's been done so far. And I thought that was an absolute home run. Um, man, I, I'm just – that's two great hires in row by the athletic department. And uh, in, in the major hires. And the major hires are, you know, football, men's basketball, and, and athletic director are the big three. And we've gotten two in a row. It seems like absolutely right. So now, all right, let's hope we're right. Process was good. Whether the outcome, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it feels like they went through a good process this time, and that's good. Um, you talked about, said, said, like, you were getting fired up. The difference between Charlie's press conference and Jeff Scott's press conference is um, the, the thing that came out of Charlie's was he's like, 
oh, I don't want to score too fast. And we're like, oh, God, don't say that. We have, like, Quentin Flowers, and we're scoring, like, 40-something, 50-something a game right now. Can we not, like, slow this offense down? And he's like, oh, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to score too fast. I don't want to make our defense tired. And we're like, no, don't do that. Um, when you had the fourth most efficient offense in it, when you were inheriting the fourth most efficient offense in America, and you're bringing everybody back, except for Marlon Mack. Um, I didn't hear Jeff Scott get out of line once. I thought he said all of the right things. Uh, I'm just, I'm over the moon. Like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Good process. Jeff, Let's just hope for a good outcome. Yeah. The one thing I really loved about Jeff Scott, he knew how to work the room, right? Like, yes. What, like, we, it was just, it was amazing. Night and day from what Charlie did, right? Like, it was just like, oh, when you, when you listen to Charlie talk, but then, yeah, like like you said, like I would run a wall, we'll run through a wall for Jeff Scott if he he could motivate me to do that. And if you look at his huh. background, you can kind of see where some of that stuff comes. He his dad was a longtime assistant for Bobby Bowden, who could work a room like no other. Um, <laughs> and Dabo is not too far behind. I think he even referred to Dabo um, at one point as the new Bobby Bowden. And I think it also shows kind of the difference. Uh, between kind of the two major programs of the last maybe decade, you would probably be Clemson and Alabama. And I think the biggest difference between the two, um, first of all, you have people jumping ship at Alabama wanting to leave after a year just because of uh, assistance leaving. There's such high turnover. Um, at Clemson, I think it's really because Saban is very hard on his assistance. He demands perfection and everything. I think Dabo seems to empower his assistants to do more. And gives them more responsibility and also brings them in on, uh, and I think uh, Coach Scott even mentioned it, they kind of brings them in on the process of, hey, these are the things a head coach has to do. You know, when you're going to be doing this one day, this is what you're going to have to do, kind of look at the process, kind of figure it out. So um, I think that's why you see so few people leave, and you've seen a lot of people try to copy that formula now where five, six years ago, everyone was trying to copy the saving formula of the process of just demanding perfection and Clemson still does that kind of thing, but they're very, they're a lot more personal. They empower their players and empower their coaches um, in different ways. And you're seeing a lot of people really try to um, copy their culture. And I think you kind of see that in the way Scott handled the room for a first time uh, head coach to kind of handle the room that well and, and really put off a really good um, vibe out to the uh, alumni base and the people that were in attendance. So I'm going to pull some, first of all, um, you make that point. I think I was talking to Bud Elliott. This was um, a while ago. And he just said Clemson, he called Clemson fun Alabama. And I was like, that's a really kind of good way to put it. And um, I thought that was really interesting. The second thing you, you mentioned about him working in the room. So here's a copy of the memorandum of understanding that, uh, that Nate sent me regarding Jeff Scott's employment. So they'll sign a full contract later. Um, but here, under coach's duties, I thought this was super interesting. Coach will serve as the head coach of the university's football program and devote his full professional time, energy, and abilities for the exclusive benefit of the university as set forth in this in the head coaching agreement. Coach will act under the supervision to the vice president of athletics, blah, 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 abide by all things. Um Coaches' duties specifically include active participation in fundraising activities for USF Athletics and the football program in particular. Coaches expected to routinely attend various fundraising events at the reasonable discretion of the vice president of athletics. I've seen every USF coach's contract 
since Skip Holtz going forward. I don't think I ever have Levitz. I've never seen that clause in any university-based contract before. They are clearly putting an emphasis on fundraising. He gets up there and mentions Lalo Prado twice, who's the uh, director of the USF Bulls Club, whose job it is to raise money internally for the university. He says he's already been hit up to be an Iron Bull, which is a $10,000 a year minimum gift. That's what matters. That's being a CEO coach. Seth, you and I already talked about this. He's already said he's going to hire an offensive coordinator. That coordinator is going to call the plays. That means you're getting a CEO-type coach, somebody who's bought into fundraising, somebody who's going to run this program, and he's going to get hopefully get people, manage them, and get out of their way and let them do what they need to do. I think that's a huge step forward for USF, and that's the kind of guy we need because the, the external at this program, at this specific point, is just as, pers- as, as important as the internal. Because you're not going to fix the internal until you get a practice facility. You're not getting a practice facility until you start to sell this program to this community. Yeah, I think another part of that um, goes into recruiting as well. When he talked about how he wants to uh, recruit from the inside out, I think was his quote. And he also had a quote, uh, I think it was, if the, you know, all the, there's a lot of good players that are in the area, a lot of good coaches, and we want to know who all of them are, which – You've heard me talk about before on here that, you know, I know coaches that are within 45 minutes of campus that haven't seen a USF coach in over a year that are pretty good programs with pretty good players that have players that have already been offered by UCF for next season. For And this is not the 2020 class, this is 2021 class, and they haven't seen anybody from USF in over a year. So I think that, um, in addition to being out in front and center um, with the raising of money. He also talked about recruiting to 24 hour a day, 24, 24 seven thing that he's, that you don't ever stop, which I thought was really encouraging to hear. Cause I think um, for some of the people on staff, it was definitely not a 24 seven job. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> Subtle drive by. <laughs> wow. I mean, when you can't make a 45 minute draw, I, that's, you know, it's not within Pinellas, uh, you know, County or Hillsburg, but it's a 45 minute drive from campus to a lot of schools with a lot of good players. And those guys don't see a coach for over a year is insane. They but see, they've seen, also- they've seen division two coaches from 10 hours away, three or three or four times. Wow. It's ins- that, that was crazy to me. So I'm glad to hear him say that, He's really going to focus here in this area first and then expand out. You know, this this is totally a fluff piece, but I, I had the chance to read over lunch today the uh, the piece in The Athletic by Andy Staples. And mm-hmm. that was just an amazing article. And, you know, back to pointing back to recruiting, how that one point in the article where he was talking to the players and he was asking the players and from what high school they came from. And then he started just naming off the coaches just left and right. Oh, how's coach doing here? How's coach doing there? Like, and then, and then you look at some of the stuff that you saw on Twitter, this, uh, uh, during the football season where the one coach was put a blanket tweet out there. If you're looking to play football uh, on, on the, uh, uh, the defensive line or something like that, hit me up in my DMS or something like that. I don't remember the exact tweet, but oh. I remember we talked about that. Oh. Dude, you don't put out help wanted signs when you're a f- right. FBS coach, man. Like, come on, man. 
your job is going to knock on doors, not just like, you know, throw the doors open. That's that's not how this works, because somebody's out there. The kids that you need, you got to go fight for and, you know, just throwing the doors open. That, that ain't how this shit flies. So whatever. Um, coaches that might be kept. Looks like Brian John Marie's in the mix for what job was that? I heard somebody's somebody said he's in the mix for another gig already. Was it uh, was it Texas? Was it UTSA? Yeah, it was UTSA. Yeah. Uh, UTSA. Uh, he's in the so he's been floated for that job already. Haven't heard Heidner hair about um, Kerwin Bell whether he'll be here or he won't be here next year. Um, he was the highest paid coach on staff. We found out today he was making three hundred eighty grand a year. Um, I don't know how many years that's Torello, guaranteed for. Torello put out something that there. Torello put out a report that there was talks that he was possibly going to be kept, but that was a few days ago now, and there's been nothing else since then. So I don't know where that stands exactly. Yeah, same thing. And 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 so I think Jeff Scott's just got to go in, see who he knows, who he wants to bring with him, and how they fit with the guys that are already here. Um, I'll say this: Willie Taggart going to FAU probably makes Sean King somebody that might be. You know, heading out of town here. Sean did announce today on Twitter that his wife is 10 weeks pregnant. Uh, congrats to Faith on their fourth child. Um, so I don't know if he wants to necessarily leave town right now um, with uh, with that happening. But I wouldn't be surprised if Willie um, was coming after Sean to join him down in Boca. We'll get to Willie in a little bit here. Um, Seth, what do you... So you you think this process is good? I think this process is good. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do we want to go in and touch on what Clemson does and how they do it a little bit later? And but on the on the whole, just real generally, we'll do a film room. You know, um, yeah, I, I've got some what they've done, but yeah, do we've think? got some we got some of their film, and we're gonna put some stuff together. And I think we're even gonna cut together. I'm I'm trying to go back and look through stuff, but we'll probably cut together how the the scheme is pretty similar to what USF was running this year. So if he sticks with something similar, it won't be a big uh, change for the players, regardless of whether or not he keeps Kerwin. I think his his scheme is uh, similar. A lot of the same base plays. Um, they obviously have some unbelievable players running those plays, so it helps. But the the, um, the scheme is pretty similar, so I don't think it'll be... Um, if he would want to keep Kerwin, that would make sense because... Uh, a lot of the base is the same. Um, if he wants to go outside, you know, I don't. I don't think you can ever blame a new coach coming in, bringing in a whole new staff. There's, it's a problem you run into at lower levels, especially where you keep having problems, and there's these are problems that are years and years and years, and nobody can ever figure out. Well, we, we fired the head coach. Why are we still having problems? But they keep the same. There's assistants that have been there through five or six head coaches or three or four head coaches, and you're wondering why hasn't things changed? Well, you know, <laughs> there, there, there's there's two parts of that. You know, obviously you have the same people still around, and there's also lesser motivation for some of those guys because they're like, listen, I, I do my job well. I'll just go on to the next guy. I don't really, you know, maybe maybe your motivation starts lacking. Now this is at the lower levels. I don't think that's a problem here, and I think anybody that he keeps on. Um, would fit his vision because I'm sure he wasn't given the job. I'm sure they didn't go in there and say, now, now you make sure you keep these three assistants. Okay. That's the only way we're going to hire you. I'm sure that he was told you can do whatever you want. Right. Um, so, and yeah, so I, so I, yeah. I think anybody that he keeps will be somebody that fits with his vision. They talked about alignment of vision. Um, 
and they have also talked about being united, right? United from start right. to finish. That's a big thing. So anybody he keeps will definitely, I think, be aligned with his vision. And um, but he may he may just go external for everybody. I don't know. But but the scheme is similar. So I don't think you'll see as big of a change. Uh, especially with the players, it's not going to be a totally different thing. We're going to have to get comfortable with. They should be, um, they should know some of this stuff already and be comfortable, more comfortable with it than they were with this kind of bigger change from last year to this season. So that that's another plus in the book for them. Gotcha. Yeah, I think again, total win. We're super excited. We're gushing at this point. Look, you got to win games. You got to have this work out in the long run. Um, but for right now, it seems like the process was really, really good here. And Bulls fans should be excited, and we'll see what happens. Uh, welcome to the portal, Mr. Scott. I assume you're going to spend a lot of time in there. Um, and so we'll see who's available and what's happening. Uh, and uh, somebody asked me today for a recruiting update on um, on this podcast. I think it's just too soon to tell. It's going to take a couple of days for some things to shake out. It does look like Take Rodemaker will probably not join us here in Tampa next year. Um, he decommitted. He's still, you know, following USF coaches on Twitter and stuff like that. That's great. But like, you know, there's some schools, some bigger schools with that have come into the mix for him. And so we'll see what happens. Um, there is another coaching search that is going on right now. The volleyball team still looking for a coach. So last week I said, I really don't know anything and da da da. So what did I do? I called some people. Um, I had some conversations with some current D one volleyball coaches this week, um, about this job. And here's what really surprised me. They all said that this is a great job, not a good job that USF should be a great job. And the fact that they haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2002 is kind of ridiculous. Um, I I was kind of surprised by that. And then I talked to some internal USF people who said like, okay, so the the number one team in, in volleyball right now is Baylor. Okay. They're, you know, number two seed in the tournament, but they're number one in the poll. And some folks that went to Baylor for the USF Baylor basketball game told me that the facilities for Baylor volleyball are actually worse than the facilities for USF volleyball. And so if we've got facilities, um, in the state of Florida, you can add Brazilian kids and it's in-state tuition. So there's an exchange program. So like if you're if you're a Brazilian kid, you're only paying in-state. It's not like the school has to pay for out-of-state tuition for some kid from Brazil to come up here. That there are opportunities in this state to get really good really fast. I didn't think that this was considered like that destination desirable a job. But I had a coach tell me and somebody with some credibility in the industry to say, you can get to the Final Four at USF. And I was like, Really? Really? They're like, absolutely. That that can be a high, high level job. So who's USF going to get? I still don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if they're going to go current coach, undergrad at a bigger program. You know, there's some some people um, floating around. There's definitely interest in the job. What surprised me is that there are a lot of people who are very, very interested in the job. And you would think that, man, you know, they're like, you can win this league. All you got to get through is Cincinnati and UCF and Cincinnati's best player ain't going to be here next year. She's playing in the Olympics and she's out of eligibility. They got like basically Michael Jordan playing for Cincinnati this year. Her name's Jordan Thompson. She's incredible. Um, She's graduating. You can beat the team down the street and everybody else in the league. Louisville, not in the league anymore. That was always a big hurdle because Louisville is a huge volleyball city. So they say that you can actually win here and you can win big here. So maybe this is more of a destination job than we thought. I don't know which way USF is leaning. Um, I haven't talked to anybody 
you know, that would be in the know to even make that decision. But just know there are a lot of people talking about the US job, USF job and the potential of the USF job. Final four is next weekend. This is Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend right now. Sweet 16 starts tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I think at the final four, we'll start to see some decisions on that. But there's a lot, lot, lot of interest from smart volleyball people about this job. So we'll see what happens there. I was very surprised by that. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, what else do we want to talk about? This is me stalling. We actually wrote notes. Nate's not here. I don't necessarily always pay attention to these things, but now I'm going to try and drive the ship a little bit here. Um, Evelyn Vienne, second team All-American. That's some bullshit right there. Uh, don't tell me that's not one of the 11 best soccer players in the country. You're full of shit. If you do, fire everyone. That's a joke. Whatever. There are two, there are two half Canadians on this podcast, and Cedric and I. I was born here. I acquired Canadian citizenship. Cedric was born in Canada. He recently acquired American citizenship. Right. Um, and two of us. So we are our dual loyalties to two thirds of North America. Uh, we both agree that Evelyn Vienne should be on the U.S. or the Canadian women's national team. It's kind of a joke that they don't, and they deserve to lose until they put her on there. Do you agree? Agreed. Okay. So, yeah. Bunch, bunch of crap. Um, but congratulations, Evelyn. I apologize on behalf of my entire country. We have not represented you the way that you deserve. Uh, you should be better than that. That's kind of ridiculous. Men's basketball. They won two games. They beat Dartmouth. Um, I went to the Dartmouth game. Had a good seat. They still, they still can't guard the rim. They still can't protect the rim. Especially when Michael Dorr's not on the floor. They really don't have much of a post presence right now. Um, no offense to BJ, he's just not ready yet. Uh, they got shooters, they got scorers, they still play hard. They're still fun. I still really like this team. Um, but it doesn't seem like they've figured out a way to get over the top yet. Um, and I just worry about them. They're going to beat somebody in the league, though, because they're just going to shoot threes and defend a couple of nights, and they're going to be people they're not supposed to beat. It's college basketball, the random factor has never been higher in college basketball. There's more upsets than ever because the talent distribution is just so much wider. There's so many more good players playing the game, and everybody can only have 13 of them. So the talent distribution is better. Uh, they're going to beat some people. I don't think they're an NCAA team, but I certainly think they can be a postseason team. They play Drexel on Sunday in a doubleheader with USF Women's Basketball, um, who is playing, uh, oh, God. Idaho. Where are they playing? Idaho. Where is it? Idaho. Utah. No, Idaho. Um, they, uh, Idaho is probably not very good, but that's the tune-up for their big game um, on my birthday in Las Vegas, which I will be at. They're playing uh, Mississippi State. Um, in Las Vegas, in I believe, you know what? Honestly, I still don't know where the game is. It's either in the Thomas and Mack Center or the Cox Center. They're like attached. It's like a Sundome Corral kind of relationship. And I don't know what gym we're playing in. Um, and then uh, the depending on win and loss, they'll either play Virginia or UNLV. Another big chance, another big tournament. After their disappointment down in Cancun, um, it would probably be nice for them to steal a game or two here. Mississippi State. You know, Final Four team, what, two of the last three years, I believe? Um, Courtney Williams, probably the most famous shot of her career uh, in at Mississippi State in the WNIT. Takes the ball, like, all the way down the floor, shoots, pulls up, beats the buzzer, walks it off. Everybody goes crazy. I think that was the last time Mississippi State did not make the Sweet 16. 
So they're really, really good. They're traditionally a power team. And it's a great opportunity for USF. So we'll see what happens. And also, it's in Las Vegas. Always a bonus. What am I missing? Seth, what am I missing here? Uh, I think you've covered. Oh, you want to talk about Willie in Paradise? Oh, yeah. So Boca does this thing, FAU. They On the sideline, it actually says 1.8 miles to the beach on their sideline. And it's the, the side that's like away from the camera so it gets the most possible camera time and then their hashtag all year has been football in paradise um you know and lanes come to the fau blah 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 uh seth what do you think of uh willing in paradise as a uh as a slogan it sounds like it sounds like a great place to be (laughs) (laughs) so willie taggart becomes the first coach in the state of florida uh, to coach three of the seven FBS teams in the state as a head coach. Um, he's taking like $750,000 a year to do that job, which when you could make $3 million plus sitting on your butt at home is somewhat interesting, I think. Dad? It, it's He's got a chip on his shoulder, right? Like I'm sure this is all right. about him proving that he's just not a failure of a coach. That the only reason why I suspect that he just took the FAU job. If I were him, I probably would have taken a year off, lick my wounds, come back a better person. Right. I kind of agree with you, but um, look, man, or, I'm rooting or, for Willie. I'd... Or you go, go into a roster that may be uh, loaded. You win 10 games two years in a row, and then you get sure. the next paycheck. Because this FSU money ain't lasting forever. Yeah, but money, it's not though. 18 million of it, or whatever that 17. amount is. Like, yeah. 17. So, yeah. Like, come on. A lot of cheese. Oh, yeah. But it, it seems like it seems like a good situation, though. I mean, um, they've won was it, they've won ten games twice the last three years, so two conference championships. Yeah, so sure, maybe, maybe it. just it's in state. Um, he knows kind of how to coach in state. Knows the recruiting scene. Maybe he thinks he can go there and win, and um, you know, maybe he maybe he wants to stay in, in Boca Raton with all the retirees forever. Who knows, dude? Boca's not bad. Like, if you want a, a life like on the water, you know, it's not like amazingly whatever. But the beaches are really pretty. You know, there's tons of money down there. You can fundraise. The only thing that I'd say is like, I watched this USA Championship game, and shout out to Lane for just like seal clubbing UAB and possibly ta- <laughs> costing Bill Clark another job. Um. But, but no one saw it. There was no one there. Right. There's nobody there, man. Like you're playing for a conference championship. There's nobody in the stands, dude. And like that, it'd be one thing if the facility was trash. It's a way nicer on campus than UCF's is. Like it's a nice facility. It's in a good area. You got a winning team. I mean, I understand it's USA, but it's still like good FBS college. Well, it's not good college football, but it's like FBS college football. And and you can't draw there, man. We won two championships in three years. I, uh, man, what, I don't get. They're, it. I think they right. announced what eight thousand is what they announced was like. They should have done twenty for that. For that, oh, at least. Like, look, man, US, USF's got problems right now. But if we get to a championship weekend and we're hosting for a title game, we'll put forty in Ray J. And and those are yeah. not included in your season tickets either. Like conference championship tickets, you got to go out and buy a separate ticket. I get that, but like people don't buy those tickets. You know, I don't. I'm not worried about that. When we get this program back to where it needs to be, people will sell tickets for that game. 
Another another thing about the FAU though is they have a brand new indoor and huge facility that's done or nearly done. That's will be as a full length indoor field and all the other amenities that uh, Lane got the money raised for that they're finishing up uh, pretty soon. It could be done. It may be done shortly. So that's another kind of a perk there as you got that indoor to recruit to already. So I went for the Boca Bowl like three years ago, I think. It was uh, Toledo and Temple. And uh, I got some very nice tickets. I got to be in the club section. It was great. Um, they had a valet for my car. The only time I've ever driven a game with a st- like an outdoor stadium and they valet your car for you. Like, it can be worse than Boca. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a pretty decent spot to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. Like, uh, you know, they just don't draw. And that's a shame, too, because I think they've done the right things by that program there. They've invested in it. But then again, like, their old AD, Pat Chun, was like, he was like the Mark Harlan before Mark Harlan applying for every job in America. Maybe there's a reason why. They just can't. They can't seem to to get people in, bought in and invested in that program, and that's a shame. They're light years ahead FIU. You know, I understand FIU beat Miami this year, but like holistically, FAU is a better program, and it's definitely a better job. So, yeah, there's that too. How many minutes have we gone here? Oh, I don't know. I do. I do have one question for you guys before we get off the before we yeah, get off the air here. Um, do you want Clemson to win the national championship this year? Or yes. there's there's because there's a school of thought that you want your coach back as soon as you can. No. Personally, I disagree. What do you guys think on that subject? Go get your ring. Uh, ring. Go get the ring. Because yeah. that, get the that ring. ring is a recruiting tool. And right. uh, Jeff Scott can walk into any kid's living room, show this ring to him. I just won the national championship. I'm now going to this school. Come with me. Yeah. Go get the ring. And I What's think the Pat Riley thing? The Pat Riley thing where he takes drop he the rings in, on the table. <laughs> he drops the rings on the table at free agent yeah. meetings. Yeah. I want Jeff Scott in a crown royal bag taking out all of the hardware since he lost the <laughs> Meineke Parker Bowl to the USF in 2010 and just dropping them on the table. Like, go get your ring, my man. Like, And what man. is that going to be? Three in a row for Clemson? Right? That'll be three or four, I think. Right? Three or four. Yeah, and I think yeah. the the thing um, I think a lot of fans if you if you're not quite sure you think oh they'll mess up recruiting there's a dead period after the early right. signing day so he's here through the early signing day there's a dead period after that um, it may even go up until um, it may turn into maybe a a different maybe a quiet period or something but um, I think it's the, it's pretty close to the national championship game is when it ends and if Clemson is in the title game. You will hear USF mentioned on that broadcast numerous, numerous times, which yep. everyone, every player you're recruiting will probably be watching. So yep. that, I don't think that can hurt you either. Get rings, my man. Get rings. Yeah. You're playing for them. That's why you're here. Um, you put the time in with this team at your alma mater, too, which has got to feel like extra good, you know, to help them get over another one. Get yo, son. Now we're all rooting. Coach, go get them. Don't worry about dead periods. Don't worry about, you know, and, and at that point, by the time he heads up there, for the semi, and he's going to have his staff pretty much probably in place here. Then go out and recruit. Then go keep in touch with kids. It's yeah. fine. Go win. And then, go win the then Trevor, Trevor Lawrence will Clemson. be yeah, Trevor Lawrence will be bored with two in a row. and want another challenge. He was playing in an NFL stadium. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's no downside, I don't think. 
<laughs> like I, I personally think Trevor, if he graduates early, should absolutely come down here because um, he's going to want that NFL experience in a, in a in a place that he's familiar with. What better place to do it at that random James Stadium? And by the way, I, Bucks are going to be really terrible next year too. He might be the number one over. You know, maybe they can they can tank for Trevor. And he can do it in his hometown, and he never has to leave Tampa. I'm just saying, like it, it's a fit on both sides. Trevor Lawrence, you're, tell, you're telling me that guy doesn't want to live near the water. Right, that looks like a Fisher guy. I, I don't think his hair can handle that humidity. Oh, that's good. that is good. <laughs> wow, that's true. Wow. <laughs> Hello, Senator. How are you? Hello, I'm fantastic. Welcome aboard, sir. Um, yeah, we're like literally done. Are we done? We literally went through everything. We literally went everything. Senator, what do you got to say? Get in here. I got to say that I, um, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've checked out of this program a lot in the past. I mean, I've been a fan for well over 15 years at this point. Which, Christ, and on a cracker, I'm old. Um, not compared to you guys, but in general. Thanks. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was at the press conference at the introduction, and uh, that guy's enthusiasm and want to be here really shown. I don't think it was monkey shines. I think it was heartfelt, and uh, I'm back in. Doesn't take much, man. Like, we look, winning a press conference is easy, I understand, but the process was good here. We did the best we could possibly do. All right, let's see where we are in two years and three years. Let's not even... Not even get too worried about next year. They get to a bulky no, area. Yeah. If they don't, it's fine. Like it's, it's, it's ground zero or level zero, ground zero, whatever you want to call it next year. But uh, I, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it, for once for USF, it's going to be good process, good result, which is something we've never ever actually had. Yeah, cause you're right. Because the first two years Very of Willie, like terrible. First three games of Willie's third season, dog shit. Not great. And then was it game was game was Syracuse game four or game five? I think it was actually game five. And then five, from there, five. yeah, it was game five. And then from there, finally a little bit of good outcome. Um, so we've never done this correctly. I think there's more talent coming in for. I mean, not that there's a ton, but there is. Jeff Scott is inheriting more talent than Willie Taggart did from Skip Holtz for sure. And I know Seth, you're looking at me like you can't believe that. No, dude, those kids were terrible. Willie's first year, it, it was bad. Holy God, they were bad. <laughs> it was, like, I'm amazed Willie on that team. Quit. I've talked to kids on that team, and they're like, "Yeah, it was pretty bad." <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> they were horrible. <laughs> no offense to our friends on the 2012 USF Bulls. Was it 12? Oh, they they know they know. I think they have their own little subculture of like we survived this together. Yeah, the the 2013 team. I've talked to some kids on the team who are like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been playing FBS football. <laughs> so, That's not great. Um, yeah, it, it it's bad, but it's not that bad. The portal exists now, which it didn't seven years ago. So, look, somebody's going to strike out. Some quarterback is Mike Leach is going to piss some guy off in spring practice. Or, uh, you know, Chip Kelly is going to Chip Kelly it again, or something's going to happen. And there's going to be some kid available in the portal um, that can come in here and play right away next fall. I think that's got to be a priority. Rodemaker, no Rodemaker, recruit, no recruit, whatever. They need bodies at quarterback. Uh, Blake Barnett can technically petition for a sixth year. 
I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I, I I disagree. I think you want him, and I think you want him because you need bodies. Like you're supposed to. Josh Newberg says this all the time. You want to recruit at least one quarterback in every single class. Well, right now you got Jordan McLeod, who hasn't shown a propensity to stay too healthy. Same with Blake Barnett. Um, and Nick Rigel apparently didn't really have the faith of his coaches and teammates this season. I think it's fair to say that's what that's what you're rolling the dice with right now. You probably need a couple of guys. So if Blake wants to come back and be one of those guys, I think USF would be very happy to have him on scholarship next year. Or even not on scholarship because didn't Blake you know, say he was like 30 years old? He might be eligible for like senior citizen discounts on his tuition at this point. <laughs> He's still getting the AARP discount. (laughs) I think that gets you out of like one out of every four penalties now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Dr. Blake Barnett, MBA, ABD, um, taking the Stanley Clairvaux. Esquire. Esquire. Dean Blake Barnett. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, this team's going to hit the portal hard. The portal helps. Maybe there's a Clemsoner kid or two who just can't quite track the depth chart in front of 900 five stars and who just wants to get on the field. Who knows? That's fine. You can turn around a program quicker now. The the old rule with them in basketball is you could do it in like a year or two max. In football, like two, three max. I think it's getting closer to like one and a half, two and a half in football with the portal. So um, we'll see. But I'm excited, man. We didn't screw this up. And I think we're going to be fine in the future. Even, you know... But, uh, Senator, you were there. You thought Curl, like, how did he read the room? How did he do with the room? Uh, I think he was good. I, th- I think he made his, he, you know, he walked in, made his presence known, but he kind of, and then he just kind of sat back, let it happen. He knew he wasn't the star. His, uh, his introductory period is over. So he just was like, hey, here it is. I'm the president, and I'm going to let Mike Kelly take care of this, and I'm going to let everybody else shine. Like, and that's what I've seen from uh, Corral so far. Is he's very much a uh, once he once he gets acknowledged, he's like, all right, everybody knows I'm here. I'm gonna let everybody else do their thing. And that's awesome. That's what you're looking for. So I'm and like, man, we didn't screw it up, USF. We didn't screw it up. 2019. Let's go. All yes, right, we didn't screw out. it up yet. <laughs> didn't screw it up yet. Um, all right, go give, go build some facility. Uh, go drop some money in five zero zero two zero funding account at uh, usfpulseclub.com. Um, go, go help this program. Um, if you give money, give it to five zero zero two zero. I know that doesn't go to the facility, but it gives them cash on hand, and then that just frees up capital that they can allocate however they need to do later. We will see you at basketball doubleheader Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Drexel, Idaho first. You at women against Idaho, and then men against Drexel. And then uh, we are off to Vegas with the women. The men go to Houston to play Utah State because basketball makes sense. And then um, they come back and they play in Miami after that. So that's your break, kids. And uh, we will probably not do an emergency podcast when we hire a volleyball coach, um, even though I would love to do one, but that seems weird. So (laughs) other than that, uh, we will probably see you after the holidays. Yeah, I think we might do some. Uh, we might do some, maybe um, some type of film room showing uh, yes. Clemson's offense the next uh, next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. That might come through. Um, yeah, but other than that, I don't know. I don't know what's on deck. And again, right. great contribution. Go Bulls! Yeah, we're like staring at Cedric because we're watching this on video. Uh, we will see you <laughs> as soon as possible. Uh, good luck to all candidates for the Valley Build job. Good luck to basketball, and good luck to Jeff Scott on the recruiting trail and heading for the national championship. Go Bulls! Go Bulls.
לא בור. 